0: Let's start the show. You already know who it is. My name is Mike Kyle, aka the Fantasy Vulture. I have over a decade worth of fantasy football experience and have continuously competed for fantasy championships over the course of the past six seasons. Now let's make it seven this year. But on today's episode of the FB Show, we're going to continue our All 32 NFL team preview series, taking a look at every NFL team through the lens of fantasy football. Up next, we are starting off the AFC South with the Indianapolis Colts. And oh boy, do they have a lot of fantasy pieces on their offense. So we're gonna kind of fly through this, but one of the things that I was taught, that I was thinking about rather before uh, I started, was that there's a lot of times, and this is going to happen a lot as we progress closer to the season, as and as more news breaks about different players, where if I already covered a team, I don't really have the option to go back and hit the redo button. On that team because outlooks change things change players are opting out due to COVID things like that so there's situations happening all the way around us so I think what's going to happen is I'm going to start each all 32 series or at all 32 episode um, and I'm going to really just kind of quickly recap any uh, news that happened like the day before or in the past couple of days and I just give my quick fantasy takes on them so let's start off with the biggest one and that is Damien Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs he's the running back there he opted out of the 2020 season due to COVID, and here's why this matters, right? Because we know that the Chiefs drafted Clyde edwards alaire in the first round, and it was really just a matter of when or how involved is Clyde edwards alaire going to be in comparison to Damien Williams. You could make the argument that you could make the argument that Damien Williams could have been the Super Bowl MVP of last season. So, you know, there were a lot of just questions surrounding that backfield, how much playing time was CEH going to get to start the season compared to Damian Williams, and eventually when would Clyde Edwards-Alaire take over that backfield on his own, and now we have the answer for us, right? It's going to be CEH's backfield all season long, right? So before this news, I had Clyde Clyde Edwards-Alaire ranked as running back 18, I immediately moved him up to running back 5. I want him in every single league. If I'm in the first round, I'm, pro- I'm gunning. I am gunning for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. This is the player that the Chiefs front office went to Patrick Mahomes and said, who do you want? And Mahomes said, I- give me Edwards-Alaire. He's a guy that caught 55 passing in college last season. He's kind of very similar to Ray Rice. That's kind of my player comparison for him. Uh, we're going to talk about him. We- actually, we haven't even done the Chiefs preview. So we were going to get this- to this eventually, but I just wanted to kind of talk about this now, just so I can get my thoughts out there. And I'm really excited for Clyde, for Clyde Edwards this season. I want him in every single league. And then the other uh, really big news here is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is a team that I covered and what really made me start thinking about doing this. Uh, is they signed LaShawn McCoy, veteran running back, a guy that was known for being able to do a lot of different things on the football field, not just a runner, but also a great pass catcher as well. Last time we saw him last season in Kansas City, he was fine. He wasn't great for fantasy and he didn't really hurt you either. He was more so a flex play week in and week out if you needed to. But now he joins the Buccaneers and the Buccaneers backfield as we know was already in question between Ronald Jones and the newly drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. We had no idea that was going to shake out. Ronald Jones is one of the most polarizing players in the fantasy community. And now this muddies the water even more, but I am I kind of think that McCoy is going to get a good opportunity here because that backfield has so many questions if he can come in and just be great for tom brady and that new offense we know that bruce arians really has a thing for veteran guys and so i don't know how this shakes out entirely i kind of want to stay away from it all completely but if i were to pick a guy right now i don't hate going with the Le- i don't hate going with leSean McCoy because he's kind of like a hybrid between Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones so give me that guy uh, if I have to take a Tampa Bay running back. Now, there's not a whole lot of upside, but I also don't think there's a whole lot of upside uh, when you have a three running back committee, right? But whoever's going to be on the field, whoever's getting the majority of the work, that's the guy to own. But I just like McCoy, because I think he kind of fills that James White role uh, that, was, uh, that was there in New England for Brady. And we're gonna get some dump off action for him this season. Uh, other news, we're gonna talk about uh, T.Y. Hilton a bit later today, covering the Colts. And then Jarvis Landry was placed on the PUP list. He should be back for week one. Uh, just, I'm not too concerned by it. He may miss a game or two. So if you want to just hedge maybe a round or two if you're trying to get Jarvis Landry. I talked about him previously where I said that he's a guy that I love every single year because he outperforms his ADP. And maybe this actually moves his ADP even further than where it is right now. I believe it's like the middle of the sixth. So if you can give him the seventh or eighth round, oh baby, give me all of Jarvis Landry. But let's just jump right into it with the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, before we do this, what am I talking about? Before we do this, we need a few different things. First off, smash the subscribe button, power running back style to show your support for the channel. We are inching our way closer to 10 subs, which would be really cool. I'd love to hit that, obviously. Uh, and also hit that like button to like an open receiver downfield. I forget everything where I'm saying right now. Uh, like an open receiver downfield to show your support for this video in particular. It really does help out the channel. And last but not least, shoot me a text 330-302-1554. That's going to be my home and my outlet for all of my fantasy advice this season. So please, I highly encourage you to get in on that because you can also just shoot me random texts, random questions that you have, and I'll be able to get back to you as soon as possible as I have a Snapchat coming through. All right. Now that we got all that stuff out of the way, let's let's jump into the Indianapolis Colts. And there's so many players that I have profiles for for this offense. It's kind of crazy looking at this now one two three four five six seven seven guys so we're going to try and get this done as quickly as possible because there is just a lot of potential fantasy relevant players on this team so let's start off with the new quarterback coming into the Colts organization and that is Philip Rivers he signed a one-year 25 million dollar deal this offseason um I don't know why that says a 2018 finish, that should say 2019, so we're starting off real hot right now, so it's 2019, oh, did I do the Colts right after I did, uh, right after I did the, um, right after I did the Steelers, that might have been the case, regardless, that should say 2019, my bad, 2019 quarterback finish of uh, quarterback 15, this is where things get a little bit ugly for you as we start to break that number down a, a bit further, He had five games as a quarterback, one, seven games as a quarterback, two, and four games as a quarterback, three. So we don't like to see that all too often, which means if we're running the numbers there, let's see, that's 12. All right, yeah. So more often than not, just even naturally, just based upon the quarterback two performances, you were not happy starting Phillip Rivers last season. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Uh, in 2019, his stats, he had uh, 390 completions on 591 pass attempts, 4,600 yards, which is, a, which is a monster number, uh, 29 rushing yards, so that's really nothing. We don't really consider him a rushing quarterback by any means. 23 touchdowns. The big story here is 20 interceptions, and then his adjusted score is 15.9 points per game, 16 games played, and his new finish of quarterback 23. Philip Rivers last season, I think that was... It was the first year in a long, like probably in his whole career where you just were not happy starting Philip Rivers week in and week out. And he's been a guy that wins a lot of people championships down the stretch, right? Do I have that right? Yes, I do have that right. They always, the thing with the Chargers and Philip Rivers, right? They always started slow, but in December, Philip Rivers in December, I'm pulling up the game splits right now uh, because this is one of my favorite stats in all of the NFL. Let's pull this up. It's basically when Philip Rivers is in December. Um, I hope I had this right. Please tell me I had this right and then I'm correct. Um, Splits, career. Right, he's always better in December. Yes, he is always better in December. So that's always for the fantasy playoffs, right? So his career win-loss record in December, 64 games played. He's 41-23, which is by far the highest winning percentage. Of all of his other months, uh, you're looking at September. It's 24, 24. October, uh, 26, 29. November, 31, 24. But then that December number is damn near uh, double. It's like a uh, well, let's do that math here. What is that? Um, not. Nah. Yeah, it's basically a 75 one percentage in December, which is just nuts. So, so Philip Rivers like always just on the stretch has been a guy where you're really excited to have him. On your fantasy team because just if you're playing in the playoffs and you're gunning for a championship historically he's just been a great quarterback to own during that time but last season was really the first year that we saw him start to fall off and that is kind of worrisome because he's always been a great streaming option or just a guy that you pick up off the waiver wire because for whatever reason he either wasn't drafted or was dropped really early in the season and you can ride him out the rest of the season I know I've done that before in leagues past But now, just the issue here with the Colts and with Philip Rivers is I don't know what we're going to get from a quarterback of his age. Let's see. He is 38, entering a brand new team, brand new system. He does have some history, I believe, with Frank Wright, so that's always good. We'd like to see that. Um, But now he also has to get new weapons and get accustomed to those in a season where the offseason is just all over the place, right? I don't know what to do with Philip Rivers and that's kind of why I have him in my what I consider my no-man's-land territory for a quarterback uh, at quarterback 20 so some of the guys that I have around him are uh, I have uh, so at 17 I have Big Ben 18 Baker 19 Tannehill 20 Rivers 21 Burrow 22 Kirk Cousins and 23 Minshew but those that area is always for me just kind of like to me it's more so streaming territory but you have guys with upside there. I just don't know what Philip Rivers' upside is in 2020. He has the weapons to be successful, but I think I'd rather take my shot elsewhere, um, just because I don't. I my confidence level just isn't there for Rivers uh, currently, as it stands right now. That can obviously change throughout the season. Maybe he still has some juice in him. Uh, compared to last season, because last season was just a bit ugly, uh, despite the fact that he threw for 4,600 yards. I mean, the 20 touchdowns just absolutely killed him, or the the 20 interceptions rather, absolutely killed him, and that touchdown number is pretty low itself as well. But let's talk about the running backs of the Indianapolis Colts, and we're going to start off with Marlon Mack, and I feel so bad for Marlon Mack, and I feel so bad for Marlon Mack because he's finally started to Really emerge as one of the league's better running backs, all to have it ripped away from him, and we're gonna talk about that guy in just a moment or two. But Marlon Mack in 2019 finished at standard at running back 17, PPR running back 20. Six games as a one, two games as a two, three games as a three. Uh, he had 230 in 47 uh, carries, 14 receptions, rushed for over 1,000 yards, 82 receiving yards. So it's absolutely nothing but eight touchdowns, and like Marlon Mack just, is just going to be a guy ground and pound like Derrick Henry light in a way doesn't do a whole lot of work in the passing game but but does all of his work on the ground instead 12 and a half points per game 14 games played in his new finish of running back 19 in PPR I don't know like you're gonna hear me say this pretty much all throughout like the Colts and the Steelers I feel the exact same way about I don't know what to do with any of these players and I have no issue saying that I'm so I'm I'm baffled because there's just so many different changes. We got Paris Campbell coming back, he's healthy. In the backfield, we now have another person coming in, a brand new quarterback, is uh, T.Y. Hilton going to be healthy? There's so many questions surrounding this Indianapolis Colts offense, but they have so much potential. And that's what's absolutely baffling to me because I have no idea which fork or which way to go with the fork in the road. Do I avoid them or do I go all in on them, right? So Marlon Mack's current ADP is running back 24 going in the back of the fifth. I've him ranked at running back 35, but I still feel so bad doing that because I understand how talented Marlon Mack is. I just don't know what this backfield is going to shake out between Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. What does that split look like? Because to me, to me, Marlon Mack is a very good running back. But Jonathan Taylor is a better running back, and Jonathan Taylor does everything that Marlon Mack does, but better, right? Marlon Mack is very one-dimensional, but Jonathan Taylor, some people are saying he's kind of one-dimensional as well, but I've seen the passing highlights and things like that, and he can catch the ball, which we're going to talk about in just a bit. So... I don't know what to do when you have two guys here that are both extremely talented, that both do similar things, like similar enough things. What does this shakeout actually look like? I think to start the season, Marlon Mack is going to be more valuable because He'll, because having this offseason in such a skewed fashion is going to limit all rookies in that way. So Marlon Mack's value is pretty much going to be, I expect to be, the first three or four weeks. But then after that, I don't know. And I'm not going to draft a guy in the fifth round that I know I'm only getting for about five weeks. And then just have the, having the rest, or having the next you know eight to 10 weeks totally up in the air. No thanks. I don't have any interest in that. That's why I'm ranked so low, because I... Just you're basically going to get a tail two halves, and now this makes sense to bring in Jonathan Taylor, who is the Colts' uh, new running back, new rookie running back out of Wisconsin, just an absolute machine. Watching his tape and just some film on him, the player he reminds me most of it is Zeke Elliott, which is a very bold comparison, I know. But my goodness, they move exactly the same way, and that's really, really fun to watch. They're just two guys who's going to run you over, but they do have the ability to catch the ball as well, and that has me really excited for Jonathan Taylor. Coming into a situation in Indianapolis where their offensive line is great, they have a win-now window, and Marlon Mack is on the last year of his contract this season. So the next three years, definitely not including this year, but so the next three following, it's going to be the Jonathan Taylor show, right? So in 2019, Jonathan Taylor had 320 carries, just a monster workload. And he's had that monster workload during all of his Wisconsin career, 26 receptions. And I forget what the stat going around is, but he either either led the team in... uh, he either led the team in target percentage or was near the top of Wisconsin in target percentage. So he is—he like he has the ability to work out of the backfield in that way, which is really exciting because there was a lot of skepticism around Taylor coming into the draft in that way. He rushed for over 2,000 yards, 252 receiving yards, and 26 touchdowns. Like I said, this dude's just Zeke. This dude is literally just a Zeke clone, and that is absolutely wild. His measurables, he's 5'10, or, yeah, 226 pound, and runs a 43940. The thing that's interesting to me about Jonathan Taylor is the draft capital. So this was a guy that many were expecting probably to be the first running back off the board. He ends up being the second running back off the board after CEH goes to the Kansas City at the end of the first. But what's interesting about his draft capital at 209 is that the Colts had the second pick in the second round at 202. And what they decided to do is they decided to take Michael Pittman Jr. Instead, we're going to talk about him a bit later. So they decided to take Pittman Jr., but then they're looking at the board and seeing who needs a running back and how far Taylor can slide. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, have picked 210. And they're like, we got to get this guy. We Obviously, the Jags are a division rival, and uh, there's been a lot of speculation about them moving on from Leonard Fournette, so they're probably going to take Jonathan Taylor. But oh, wait, we love Jonathan Taylor. So what the Colts did was they traded back up into the second to get a second or to move up into the second round again so that they have two second round picks, essentially. And they end up selecting Jonathan Taylor. So they used their first pick on a guy that they valued probably more, admittedly, because they spent that 202 draft pick on Michael Pittman. But then they valued Taylor enough as well to where they felt the need to move back. Uh, to move back up into the second round to take him so just having like all that into effect just shows how much they really value Jonathan Taylor I'm sure there was a, probably a lot of talk on the 202 pick to take Taylor over Pittman but then once they realized that Taylor would probably still that Taylor would still be on the board a bit later it was a no-brainer decision for them to then make that jump to go grab him So with that being said, Jonathan Taylor is eventually going to be the face of the Indianapolis Colts backfield after this season. And we're going to get kind of a phase out period between him and Marlon Mack. But there's also been a lot of speculation, especially coming from the coaching staff, that they see Mack and Taylor being a 1A, 1B, 1-2 punch, which I guess fine. But once again, my question then just becomes, I don't know what this time split is going to be, um, what this share in the backfield looks like. So that has me just really concerned overall. His ADP is a little bit more measured at running back 30, going in the seventh round, 701. I have him ranked at running back 26 because eventually I do think he takes over this job once again. When you have a guy like Ezekiel Elliott in your backfield, you're going to give him the effing ball. Um, so if I were to choose between Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack at their current draft position, I'm definitely taking Jonathan Taylor because if things go how I project them to, Marlon Mack's value is only going to, is only going to be super high for about five weeks. Compared to Jonathan Taylor, who I have his value to be high for at least ten, give or take that ballpark area, as that transition period happens throughout the course of the season, and I'm gonna take that uh, at the later draft pick than I would the guy with the shorter lifespan this season at the higher price. It just it's just basic basic logic, right? Basic uh, negotiation. So now let's go into the wide receivers for the Colts and we got three of them to talk about so we're going to kind of fly through this right now we're going to talk about T.Y. Hilton and oh my goodness T.Y. Hilton buddy I just want you to stay healthy that's the only thing I care about right now is if T.Y. Hilton can stay healthy I feel like I'm peaking I'm looking at my mic levels right now and I'm kind of going up and down but it's fine I I apologize for your ears if that is the case but T.Y. Hilton already being uh already some news breaking about him that he has a slight hamstring injury, like, of of course, T.Y. Hilton has a soft tissue injury, I feel like this happens every single year, and at this point, I'm kind of just burnt out about T.Y. Hilton, I'm going to be honest, right, we've seen his finishes, I believe you only, like, we talk about T.Y. Hilton as if he's just this incredible wide receiver talent, But we really haven't seen that guy in quite a long time. I believe he's only finished as a wide receiver one once, and that was wide receiver 11. Everything else has been a wide receiver two in like the middle two, so like 14, 18, 22. And then a few years as being a wide receiver three, or just on that fringe between two and three. So we hype T.Y. Hilton up every single year because the talent is there. But at the end of the day, the injuries just always kill him. And it's always been a bit of a rocky road for ty hilton now does it help that they finally have a quarterback there i don't know because i don't know how good rivers is going to be this season but there is potential upside here so in 2019 he finished at was wide receiver 59 and 58 in standard and ppr respectively however when you however when you look at the adjusted score he had 10 10.3 points per game 10 games played just due to injuries and then his new finish would be wide receiver 37. So, like, no matter what, and yes, the quarterback play in Indianapolis was worse last year than it's going to be this year. But still, I don't know what kind of jump that T.Y. Hilton can make to be, like, a great wide receiver 2 option for your fantasy team. In 2019, he had two games of 1. One game as a 2 and one game as a 3. Like, he just wasn't good last season despite averaging 10 points per game. Uh, 68 targets, 45 catches, 500 yards and uh five touchdowns so at least he was getting into the end zone when he was healthy like that's always a good thing he didn't it looks like he wouldn't have lost anything there if you were to pace him out for the full season you're looking at pretty much let's see uh yeah you're looking for about eight touchdowns or so and that's what we and that's what we'd like to see from wide receivers at least but let's talk about this ADP because I have so many I have so many questions about T.Y. Hilton and his a in his ADP um the first one is why I don't I don't understand this please someone explain this to me ty hilton in 2020 is going at adp wide receiver 15 in the fourth round i'm so confused i am so confused i'm gonna pull up the stats right now knowing what we know about ty hilton and his injury concerns and looking at his game logs, like i feel like he's always more hobbled than anything i um, because like it's always like he'll lead the game, that'll come back in. So he's kind of very similar to Julio Jones in that aspect. Now that I'm uh, going through like stats and things like that. So like last season, ten games played. The year before that, fourteen. But then you're looking at sixteen, sixteen, fifteen, fifteen, and then ten. So he has been he has been on the field. But I always feel like that where we project T Y Hilton, he never fully finishes there. And in twenty twenty, when we have uh, the option of T Y Hilton. Or, let's see, T.Y. Hilton, or A.J. Brown, or T.Y. Hilton, or Car- Cortland Sutton, or T.Y. Hilton, or Calvin Ridley, right? Who, Like, what's the guy that you're taking, right? Of that list, my order, I believe, is Ridley, Brown, Sutton, Hilton. Let me make sure I have that correct. Um... Yes, that is correct. I have Ridley at 15, I have, I actually have A.J. Brown at 13, I have Brown at 13, Ridley at 15, uh, Sutton at 19, and Hilton at 23, right, and I I understand the appeal of T.Y. Hilton with Phillip Rivers because a lot of people are kind of expecting expecting like that Keenan Allen role, and just a guy who's willing to throw the ball deep uh, consistently in Rivers. So that is going to raise Hilton's ceiling. I'm just not buying it. I don't believe it. I'd rather have other wide receivers at his current draft price. I have him down at 23. I'd rather have DJ Chark ahead of him. I have both Seattle wide receivers ahead of him, everybody from the Rams ahead of him, and the guys that I just mentioned all ahead of TY Hilton. So I'm not gonna buy that dip at wide receiver 15. That just feels extremely too high. For Ty Hilton this season. Now let's talk about their rookie and the guy that we just brought up just a bit ago, and that's Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver out of USC. And this dude is just an absolute freak of nature. He's he's six foot four, two hundred and twenty three pounds, and runs a four This dude is just an absolute monster. If you watch his highlights, he's just a giant jump ball receiver that has burners as well. So he's just this unbelievable athletic freak the player comparison that I have him to and this is admittedly kind of a cop-out kind of an easy one and that's Mike Williams and that's just because I feel like that they are going to uh, have him in that role if you remember Mike Williams last season uh, we're going to talk about him a bit later in terms of all 32 uh, episodes but I did just do my Los Angeles Chargers uh, stats breakdown and he uh Michael Williams had over a thousand yards last season somehow don't know how but he did right so if they're going to use him there's already been a lot of talk of michael pittman being the x on this team that's coming that's come from frank wright himself so that's really interesting he's a guy that we know then if that is the case this is a rookie that can have serious impact and do serious damage in his first year in the nfl in 2019 his college stats: he had 136 targets, 101 catches, 1,275 yards, and 11 touchdowns. So, like I said, this dude's just an absolute wide—he's re- just an absolute beast of a wide receiver. And all that being said, I don't know what to do with Michael Pittman Jr. So, in Dynasty specifically, this is what I want to—this I, I, is the angle that I want to talk about because I understand. Like, so before I get into the Dynasty outlook for Pittman Jr. and just a few more thoughts on him. Once again, the Colts used their second round pick, their first second round pick on Pittman. They took Pittman over Jonathan Taylor, so like that's just extremely important to note uh, because it showed that they valued him more. His ADP is currently wide receiver 66, going at 1407. I've ranked at wide receiver 60, just kind of among the collection of rookies because I feel like all their uh, all their situations are kind of the same, where we don't know what to expect in this twisted COVID season. So I'm kind of backing away from them. This season, I will want to go more for stability and depth more than taking dark throws. But Michael Pittman is probably the dart throw to take your shot on, just given the coach speak that we've heard so far this offseason. So while I was watching Michael Pittman highlights, and just while I was watching the tape on him, there was really only one thought that kept running through my head. And I have my initial notes here. So this is a spreadsheet that I have, and it basically has a lot of like the rookies, all right, it's basically all rookies because this is for my dynasty uh pre-draft process it has like their it has you know their name where i rank them overall position school notes t- uh draft capital player comparison things like that my exact note it, it's it is one or it, i guess it's two notes for michael pittman jr oh dot 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 he's six foot four like you watch his tape he's just a jump ball go get it wide receiver which makes him really intriguing And then my next note says, I have no idea. I don't know if Michael Pittman's skill set is going to translate into fantasy. And I say that because how many times have we seen just big jump ball receivers um, be consistently successful for fantasy? And that's the word that I like. That is the defining word that I want to use is consistent. Will Fuller inconsistent Mike Williams inconsistent John Ross inconsistent right now obviously John Ross is a little bit more of a speed guy but I feel like we just have like this collection of wide receivers that can be so talented but their tap but the way that their talent is used always makes it a little bit rocky of deciding when you should start them when you should sit them and that just gives you a monster headache every single year so with Michael Pittman, I still don't know really what to do with him. I'm going to be honest. I see the upside, but I think I'm going to stay away in 2020. Um, looking at my rookie rankings right now, I have him ranked as the 19th rookie. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, I think Fantasy Pros has him as like 14 or 15. I have him at 19, so I am just a bit lower. And once again, it's just one of those things where I don't know what his outlook could be obviously 101 catches like that is nothing to scoff at I believe he was towards the top if not at the top of the NCAA in catches last season so we know that he can do it and we know that he can not be productive and he can be a touchdown machine I just want to see it first I just want to see it first if I need to pay up for him next year I think I'd rather do that than take the shot this year that's just my take on Michael Pittman and then the final uh, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver that we need to talk about is Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell to me is the one that I'm actually really, really fascinated by. And as I was going through my notes here and as I was just thinking about what is Paris Campbell's projected outlook, I thought of something really interesting. But before we get to that, we need to talk about Paris Campbell last season. And the fact of the matter was, he was extremely hurt and barely saw the field when he was active because he was just a rookie. And his injuries were just really, really severe, and it limited him all season long. So we're going to completely ignore everything that you see on screen from Paris Campbell, outside of the fact maybe 24 targets, 18 catches, 127 yards, and one touchdown. So good for him, right? Um, at least that, like that's at least some damage uh, for his rookie season. I mean, let's do the math there. That's uh, how many yards? What's the yard per catch on there? Uh, 127 divided by 18. Yeah, so 70 yards per catch, that's really nothing, but this is really what i but this is really what I really want. This is really what I want to talk about. Man, I can't talk. Or I'm just going too fast. One of the two. My, my take on Paris Campbell, I think he's going to be Keenan Allen. I think Philip Rivers is going to see Paris Campbell as Keenan Allen. And this was the new hot take that I thought of pretty much before I hit record. And it's not even like it to me. I just feel like they're just two really solid, fundamentally sound route runners, and that's how this is going to just shake out. Like Keenan Allen was has made his career essentially off of being the safety blanket for Philip Rivers, being short, intermediate throws, or just middle of the field throws, and then turning so, and then turning those throws into something and extending the play. That is paris campbell so while i only have him ranked at wide receiver 61 and i think i have i have i have Pittman one spot ahead of campbell right so to me it's just kind of taking that dart throw like deciding which one you want his adp is currently wide receiver 69 at 14 11 so once again like these two guys are going eerily similarly next to each other in draft so you're picking your shot on one I kind of want to take Paris Campbell because this was a rookie that was extremely hyped up coming into the season last year and his injuries just absolutely blew his, blew his rookie season, just exploded it essentially. So I'm going to take the guy with the bounce pack potential with a player who I think can fill a role as a, as just who, the player who I think can fill the role as Phillip Rivers security blanket, safety blanket, and that safety blanket. We've also seen time and time again, put up fantasy seasons of fringe wide receiver one wide receiver two numbers consistently for the past four years right so i'm all in on paris campbell and he's the act he's the indianapolis colts wide receiver that i actually want to take in draft because if it doesn't work out i know i can cut him within the first two or three weeks of the season and i can pick somebody else off the waiver wire instead he's not going to cost you anything and i'm going to buy the post hype sleeper that is campbell this year and finally, we're gonna wrap this up with the tight end position and Jack Doyle. If you know Philip Rivers, you know he loves to throw the you know he loves to throw to the tight end position between Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. He's had a few good ones, right? Jack Doyle is is neither of those two players, but Jack Doyle is a super solid fantasy tight end. We've seen him do it. He's just one of those guys that is weekly flexible or that is weekly streamable. And coming into this offense, I think that like finally Jack Doyle has a quarterback that is going to throw him the ball consistently, right? So in 2019, his finish was wide receiver, or was tight end 18 in standard and 17 in PPR, 5.6 points per game, 16 games played, new finish of tight end uh, 16, 72 targets, 43 catches, 448 yards, and four touchdowns. When you look at the weekly finishes, that really illustrates what I'm talking about, where we, we see the talent is there for him to be a tight end one. He did that in five games. Four games of the two, which you're not overly happy about. In fact, you're you're maybe disappointed, but regardless, Doyle's not a Jack Doyle's not a guy that you're probably excited to start week in and week out, but if you have to, like, you'll be fine with it. And then he also had five games of the three, so he did hurt you there. But ultimately, I just think the outlook for Jack Doyle is just going to be a really safe fantasy fantasy option. I have him ranked at at, at tight end 17. He's being drafted at tight end 19 in the 13th round. So if you're going to take a guy and you're going to wait on tight end towards the last rounds of your draft, I really like Jack Doyle as this option just because of how often Phillip Rivers throws to the tight end position. And finally, Doyle's going to get the opportunity to be consistent in that way and where he hasn't been had where he hasn't had that luxury previously. I mean, we've seen Doyle finish as a top 10 tight end before with Andrew Luck. And I'm not saying that Rivers is Andrew Luck. But I think there is that pathway for him to finish as a tight end one. So if you're taking your shot just super late in drafts, I think Jack Doyle is a really good option. And I also have him on my dynasty team. uh, So I do want to clarify that. But he's my number two, right? Jack Doyle, for me, as a dynasty owner, I love having him as my number two option behind Mark Andrews. Because if Andrews goes down with injury, I'm perfectly cool with slotting in. Jack Doyle weekly if I have to for whatever timetable that Andrews is missing but that's going to do what I think for my Indianapolis Colts all 32 NFL team preview thank you so much for watching if you enjoyed this video be sure to leave a like and subscribe down below we're doing this thing every single day leading up to the NFL 2020 season oh I'm so excited I think we're like 40 days away 40 days away until finally like we're back We are back. We got a lot more team previews to cover though. So I'm really excited about that. I've been grinding out these player profiles just every single day trying to get them done and trying to get these videos out to you guys as quickly as possible. Thank you so much for watching. Once again, shoot me a text 330-302-1554. Follow me on all social media platforms at FFVulture and the website is FFVulture.com. Remember, people come and go, but fantasy championships are forever. Later.